Investing for beginners can sometimes be intimidating, especially if you've tried to listen to experts on TV and didn't understand a word they said. The good news is the majority of these experts try to sound smart on TV and make investing more intimidating and challenging than it actually is because they are wealth managers. And if you are able to invest on your own, and you totally can, by the way, then they won't have any customers. Now, the challenging news is that some people just dive into the markets and try to figure investing out on trial and error and end up losing all of their money. I totally relate to these kind of people because I was one of them. When I first got started, I lost $15,000 in trial and error and trying to figure it out on market noise and the hype and everything. And then I decided to invest in myself and get the foundation right. And now that investment that I made in myself is paying for itself over and over and over again. Specifically, I invested in the Certified Financial Planning Program, the CFP, and the Chartered Market Technician Program, the CMT, and so many others. What I found out is that you certainly don't need to be a math whiz in order to invest. But there are some important steps that you need to take in order to make your unique investment plan. These include the impact of personal taxes, your stage in the life cycle, and the changing economic environment. Today, I'm going to show you the seven steps that beginners should take when they start investing. My name is Kiana Danielle. I'm a three-time author and the founder of the Investiva movement. If you'd like to get more updates from me, you know what to do. I'll also, I'd totally appreciate it if you could like this video and share it with your friends because it will really help me with the Investiva mission, which is to empower moms around the world to take control of their financial future and to make their money work for them. Now let's get to the seven investing steps for beginners. Make sure that you stay until the very end because I share some very important nuggets of wisdom after step number seven. So while investing is definitely not rocket science and any beginner can start it right away, it needs to be conducted on the basis of plans that are carefully developed to achieve your specific goal. That's why investing is actually not a one-size-fits-all. Everyone needs to have a different investment plan. Your investment strategy is probably going to be completely different than mine. Step number one is that your investment strategy has to cover your necessities of life. Do you have your housing, food, clothing, transportation, taxes, emergency fund, all of these covered? Because if you don't, then you actually can't start investing yet. You need to go ahead and make some cash and then come and invest. Investing rarely can be, make you a millionaire if you don't have any cash to begin with. For example, my wealth cycle is that I'm the CEO of Investiva. I make money because I write books, I have courses, I go on media, I have clients, this and that. That is my cash flow. I have multiple revenue streams. And then my money that I make works for me in my investment accounts because I have that money to begin with. So you have to cover that first. And also your investment essential has to meet and cover your risks. Calculating your risk tolerance is the most important step of investing. Today, I'm not going to go so deep into that, but I do have an awesome, amazing free masterclass that shows you the steps that I totally encourage you to attend after you watch this video so that you can also get my 
free risk management toolkit. All you have to do is to type and open up a new browser, go to learn.investiva.com forward slash yes, save that, and then you can attend that masterclass after this video. Step number two is to establish your investment goals. Why is it that you want to invest? Is it because you want to accumulate retirement funds? Is it because you want to have an additional cash flow? As I said before, investment cannot be your only source of income, but it can create an additional income stream. Is it because you want to put money aside for your kid's college education? Is it because you, you're planning to have a lump sum purchase like a house or I don't know, a private jet or a car? Is it because you want to shelter yourself from income taxes? Let's say you're an entrepreneur and you're making a ton of money and you don't want to pay taxes. Investing can come in handy in those cases as well. So you need to establish your investment goals before you actually start investing so that you can invest in the right assets for your specific goals. One quick thing to keep in mind about investment and taxes is that capital gains are not taxed until they're actually realized. What that means is that if you get into the market, let's say if you buy shares of Apple or whatever stock there is, until you sell it, you don't actually have to pay taxes. And tax planning involves looking at your earnings, both current and projected, and developing strategies that will defer and minimize your taxes. And you must strike a balance between the tax benefits, investment returns, and the risk that is involved. And at the end of the day, it is the after-tax return and associated risk that actually matters not before it. Step number three is to adopt an investment plan. Your investment policy statement has to outline your goals, dates that goals, those goals are to be achieved, and your risk tolerance. There's also a very important technique called the time value of money calculation, which can give you a more specific approach to your goals. I'm not going to go too deep into that right now because it's beyond the scope of today's video. But just to quickly go over, a time value of money helps you calculate the amount of money that you need today and the amount of return you'd need in a specific time period so that you can reach your future goals. For example, have you ever wondered that if you save this amount of money in your investment account every year, how much will you have when you retire? If you want to pay for your children's college, how much should you save every year? If you borrow money to buy a private jet or a house or a car, how much is this monthly payment going to cost me? Should I invest in this piece of program or equipment for my business? For example, again, for me, investing, let's say, in this TV makes sense because it's helpful for my business. So I literally look at everything that I purchase as an investment. For me, investing in certified financial planning was an investment. Investing in this light ring around my computer is an investment. And time value of money can actually help, help you calculate if this investment is going to be profitable for you or not, which is really fascinating and has helped me completely change my ways of spending, which is very, very powerful. Step number four is to evaluate your investments based on risk, return, and valuation. For example, if you calculate your risk tolerance after you get my risk management toolkit and find out that you have low risk tolerance, and this is just an example, you might need to focus your portfolio on dividend paying stocks that are more established. 
if you have a higher risk tolerance, you may be able, depending on your life cycle, you may be able to focus your portfolio more on up and coming stocks that have huge growth potential, but have not yet proved themselves to Wall Street. This step and the following three steps are what I actually take every single week on Tuesdays for my own portfolio and my sister's and my dad's portfolio with a combined 100 assets. And I, it takes me about an hour. So an hour per week, for those of you who are super busy and thinking that you must be stuck to your screen all day if you want to invest, that is all you need in order to manage your portfolio. If your portfolio is smaller than 100 assets, then you even need less than that. And I actually do this live with my premium investing group or PIG members so that they can also get ideas for their investment portfolio and create strategies that are specific to their own unique risk tolerance. So if you're an investing beginner, and are worried that you won't have enough time to do this all, I just wanted to reassure you that once you get the foundation right, then it really isn't going to take that much of your time at all. I spend way more time on my business and creating these videos and going on TV and writing books than I do on my investment account. And that's how it's supposed to be because investing is about making your money work for you not the other way around. Step number five is selecting suitable investments from previous steps that provide acceptable levels of risk based on your risk tolerance and the adequate progress towards achieving your unique goals. And that's the reason why I keep saying that everyone needs a different investment strategy. There is no one size fit all. All these trading alerts and signals that you see all over the internet, it's BS, I'm sorry, because it might be actually working for them and they share their portfolio with you and like, oh my God, yeah, it's great. But do you know how much risk they're taking? Do you know how much they're actually investing in their account? Do you know what their goals are? It may not be right for you. So don't take one size fit all investment signals ever, period. Step number six is where the fun begins. It's constructing a diversified portfolio and combining assets and asset classes, different categories that are not perfectly correlated. You basically don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So for example, personally for me, what makes sense, I right now invest, majority of my portfolio is in stocks and ETFs and I have a little bit of crypto and I've completely altogether stopped trading Forex. Whereas when I was younger, and I had a different kind of risk tolerance, I was only trading Forex and I wasn't really into stocks at all. After I became a mom and now, you know, I'm, I'm looking at investment a little bit differently. I'm trying to create generational growth. And if I lose money, I'm not going to be able to pay mortgage. That is the reason why my portfolio assessment has changed a little bit. Again, for my dad, for example, he has a completely different portfolio assets because he is above 80. He cannot wait like 10 years or I don't know, 20 years to wait for some sort of up and coming stock to actually grow. So that's why for him, I select different kinds of assets. And I share that with our premium investing group members every single week so that no matter what stage of your life you are, you can select assets that are suitable to you and you can create that diversification in your portfolio so that when the markets go down, you have something else that goes up. So for example, right now with the COVID-19, that a lot of the stocks are down. Actually, my cryptocurrency investing portfolio is kicking butt and we have made a ton of money on that. But then again, of course, cryptocurrency has a higher risk associated with it, so it might not be right for you, right? 
that's what this is all about step number seven is managing your portfolio as necessary and as your life changes so for example as i said before my risk tolerance and my goals and my needs changed from 10 years ago up until now I was single before then I got married I have a kid and then my husband's job kind of changed now I have different goals that I want to help my parents so there's so many different things that have changed and once a year almost I go and double check and reassess my financial planning statement and my goals to make sure that my portfolio is aligned with my needs. One super important thing that you need to keep in mind is the economic and business life cycle. So for example, look at this chart. In this example, I'm going to focus on the actions of the American Federal Reserve focusing primarily on the effects of the interest rate, unemployment, inflation, and GDP. When the economy is expanding, as you approach the peak, typically inflation is rising at that point, and it becomes the primary concern of the Federal Reserve. In order to control inflation, they will raise interest rates, and that will continue usually throughout the peak period. And although they don't always time it perfectly, it usually changes right after they recognize that the economy is now moving into a control action phase. So at the peak, you tend to have high inflation and high rising interest rates. And obviously, unemployment is relatively low at this point, And GDP is quite, quite strong, which is what we had right before COVID-19 hit us in the face. As we move into the contraction phase, and by the way, the funny thing is that everybody's like, oh my God, COVID-19 ruined the economy. We saw this coming. I was telling my premium investing group members that a recession is coming, whether you want it or not. COVID-19 just, I mean, Trump was really trying his best to delay it a little bit so they can get elected one more term. But a recession was due to happen. It never, we can never go through, I don't know, a hundred years of just expansion. It just doesn't work that way. What goes up must come down. And each asset has their own unique cycle. And what a recession really means is two consecutive terms of declining GDP. Contraction, what I used here, may very well be represented by a slowing of the growth rate of the GDP. But to sum it up, when the Fed is most concerned about inflation, they raise interest rates. That will cause, at some point, the economy to contract. Later, the unemployment begin begins to rise, and then the Fed reacts by reducing interest rates. So that's how the game works. Now, of course, different things can expedite things, like the dot-com bubble, or the housing market crash, or now the COVID-19, right? But at the end of the day, no one, and I'm stressing, no one has an actual crystal ball when it comes to investing in the financial markets. I talked about seeing the recession coming, yes, because I just looked at the charts and what normally happens. You can never time it though. So that's why the only thing that I actually had control over was managing my own risk, making sure not to invest the money that is essential to my livelihood and only invest the money that you can afford to lose and most importantly patience my favorite quote of all time is patience is a profitable virtue and if you can manage your emotions during all the ups and downs of the markets avoid investing based on the market hype and FOMO and speculation then you can truly make your money work for you and I'm gonna leave you with the best advice regarding investments and business cycle that I've ever heard do not overreact to the ups and downs that appear to be unavoidable 
and unpredictable. Instead, apply a consistent investment strategy over many years through many business cycles. If you'd like to learn more about my investment strategies, make sure to go to learn.investiva.com forward slash yes and attend my free masterclass. If you like this video, make sure to like it, comment below and tell me what was the best takeaway from this video. Share it with your friends, subscribe to my channel so that I can see you in my next Investiva Movement video.